What's up guys, this is Corey Baker from Baker Forge and Tool. In my business, we do tons of heavy grinding every single day, and we needed a grinder that could take abuse and keep on trucking without slowing down billet production. The Ameribraid Variable Speed 2x72 is just that. All heavy duty parts and framing with well thought out accessories that are easy to use and not bogged down with lots of tiny parts. By far the best accessory item that Ameribraid sells is their surface grinding attachment. It is absolutely foolproof and the best in the industry. With quick release magnet system, there is no prying your workpiece off the platen. Very fast to slap a billet or a knife onto the table, engage magnets, and start surfacing with precise increments. On top of all of this, their customer support is outstanding. Eric and Kevin are always available and fast to help with any situation. If you're in the market for a top-of-the-line grinder or maybe just an accessory to add to your existing setup, go to Ameribraid.com and use the code HUSTLE100 for 100 bucks off any grinder package. All right, next up, the Hustle & Grind Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. I'm here. Noah's here. And we got a very special guest today, Andrea DeLeon. What's up? <laughs> it's so great to have you back. Yeah, it's you, good to be back. I had a weird little pause there because usually when we, we have makers on, they have like, this is Ryan Coakley of Ryan Chadbourne Knife Works, but you're just, you're just you, Andrea DeLeon. Finally, yes. yes. <laughs> uh, so what's going on? How you been? Busy. This semester has been a little intense. Um, so I'm still teaching lost wax casting at ACC for jewelry fabrication. Um, and I'm also uh, taking like some advanced stone setting classes that I got hooked up for free because I'm faculty. So I'm um, nice. just nerding out. Yeah. On, I mean, the theory, those kinds of like stone set. It, the theory is like really easy, but in practice, it's like you want to pull your hair out. <laughs> it's great. Um, I love the challenge. Um, so on top of that, just millions of projects going on um, and mostly like new stuff. But I tend to just gravitate to what I know, which is knives. Um, but yeah, all over the place. Awesome. Yeah, I've seen you cranking out those boot knives. You yeah, have subscriptions now which is a big mm -hmm. deal. Yeah. So, I've been, I've been getting like uh, more requests for like one-on-one -on -one info sessions, like stuff that people want to pick my brain. So I figured I'd make something for um, the people that just want some more detailed uh, content. So, yeah. So, something so they can actually it, learn from. Is it like exactly. a patron, a Patreon subscription or what exactly are you doing? I'm just going to make it easy and uh, just do it through um, Instagram has a platform and it's like, like very affordable, but basically I, I can just make uh, content that I just share with my subscribers. And that way I can definitely geek out with the people that appreciate it and not bore the rest of the people who <laughs> don't care. Um, gotcha. So it's through the, it's through the Instagram subscriptions function that yeah, they recently yeah. came out with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, that makes a lot of sense because, you know, you, you, you want to get in depth with some stuff, but you don't know necessarily how many people are actually going to be interested in that. And the algorithm being the uh, crazy bitch that she is, you don't know how that's going to affect your your viewership and stuff like that. So that makes sense that you have that 
nice platform to be able to kind of split the the information that you're you're putting out there. Yeah, for sure. Because it's like a, you know, a decade of different materials under my belt. Um, and I'm sure you guys know and experience this, like uh, all the shadow banning <laughs> every oh, yeah. once in a while. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think I'm actually starting to think seriously about offering um, kind of like more online, like one-on-one tutorials um, since I've been getting so many requests for those. So, um, and I can do that through uh, one of the schools here. So I can set something up where I can just teach online. So that'd be cool. That's cool. Kind of like how uh, Jason Knight and Kyle Royer have their classes you can buy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 A little bit. Mm-hmm. Are you thinking that, or are you thinking something that's more live, like not pre-recorded, or what were you thinking? No. Yeah. Live. Like something is literally just like face to face, curated to whatever you want to learn. I actually was involved with like um, a platform that wasn't Instagram. This was like in the before times, before COVID, um, but. I think they just didn't have enough artists and they didn't make it, but it was, it was really cool. Cause um, it was like this website where um, you could just like reach out to a, a ton of different like makers or chefs or whatever that were a specialty in a certain area and like book time with them. So um, I kind of, since I've been having a lot more requests like that, I'm trying to like just do that, but like on my own accord. Yeah. Right That's on. cool. What uh, what would you say you get the most requests about information? Because I'm I'm sure most of our listeners probably know who you are, but you do a lot of different things. Are are most of these people interested in your knife making? Are they interested in your glass or your jewelry? What what exactly is it that that you're getting requests for tutorials on? All across the board, um, and anything from like mold making to a lot of questions about glass, which is like I it's hard to just answer over a text, like, cause it's sure. just, um, there's a lot to learn. Um, and then, uh, recently it's just been like some stone setting. Someone wants to make an engagement ring for their significant other. Um, some welding questions, some, ni- I, sometimes I get like the kind of abrupt and rude, like show me how to make knives, like a demand (laughs) from some stranger in like Latin America. And I'm like, "Mm, yeah. Um, But that's like, also I'm like trying to do like some, I'm kind of playing with the idea of doing private lessons in my shop, but um, with knife making, because I, I do get a lot of that, but um, I'm like, we'll be vetting the people that I'm going to be teaching. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Well, there's a lot that you have to consider at that point, whether you've got insurance or, you know, the liability liability. of having having somebody in there playing with fire and sharp things that that's a whole different ballgame. Or like creepers. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Creepers are a thing, too. Yeah. Yeah, There's probably a bunch of those out there, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, I've had a few like buy some knives and they're like, can I like pick it up at the shop? I'm like, absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) As a matter of fact, no. How about we meet in a very public place? Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, right I found that as a general rule, most of us makers are introverts. Yeah. And, and you know, creepers. There's a lot of creepers out there. And it's probably way more of an issue for you than me, I'm sure. 
I'm I a mean, man and I still get creepers. So it, oh, it's, sure. a, yeah, it's your mustache. It is the mustache, right? <laughs> well, mustache, besides the mustache, yeah. I'm also wearing my dies in every film shirt, which oh, I have to be sick. careful. Yeah. I have to be careful when I wear this because I've had people, you know, women throwing themselves at my feet, uh, asking to bear my children, you know, like this wow. is a danger. This is a dangerous shirt. You can't just wear this around anywhere. It, what they it, think it you're on. Like that's a cross that you're willing to bear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a married man. I can't, I can't have this happening. You know, this is a major problem. So I told honor when I first bought it, you know, yeah. that this is, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a very comfortable shirt, but the magnetism is just too powerful. It just radiates. So yep, you, you yeah. have to be I careful with that. I can't wait till he's on. He's coming on next month or the month after. Oh, no kidding. He's, oh, he's such I'm a funny guy. That's going to be great. That then. Yeah, he's definitely like a gem. Although I didn't see their podcast come out this week again. I don't know if. Gonna I don't write know if him a Toby, strongly worded email? No, probably not. <laughs> Toby gets enough flack for that when he doesn't put out a show anyways. So they're one of my favorite podcasts, though. So I, I love listening to them. Uh, anyways, Ryan, what have you been up to this week? We got a little off topic there. Um, I got some projects out the door. I'm nice. caught up for like four days. That's what I've, <laughs> I have to like buckle back down again in four days. So I've been trying to clean up the damn mess in here. And I went and filed my taxes. That oh, was congratulations. Yeah, that was tr- First time I've ever claimed my knife making. Oh, no so, kidding. Yeah. Cool. That was, yeah. that was kind of neat. Uh, he told it's me I needed to charge. Yeah. He, yeah. he was super excited because I'm the first knife maker he's gotten to do taxes for. And he's like, this is so cool. And I was like, I guess I don't have to pay <laughs> in, do I? Because <laughs> then it's not so cool. But he said, I need to charge more and buy more tools. So I yeah. Go, I like that. That's guy. A, I'm getting a lot of like those tips. too. Yeah. I mean, that's my excuse for like just like throwing down on equipment at the end of the year. For sure. Tax time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. My wife was sitting next to me and he's like, so how much was the laptop? And I'm like, cover your ears. <laughs> how much was this? And how much was this? And so yeah. it was well, a learning you gotta experience. Spend it before, you know, the man takes it. So, yeah. Yeah. Now I understand why all my bosses were buying trucks and trailers and all kinds of shit every year. Cause yeah, they- buying you food and like, mm-hmm. yeah. Hooking yeah. it up. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I nice. always look at look at my boss. He, he he bought us all tacos one time, and I was like, "Is there something that, going on that we need to know about, or is this just like it's getting close to tax season? So you want to bring in a taco truck to buy tacos for everybody? Like, why ask questions? <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. They were amazing tacos. Uh, I, I love tacos, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, your your boss just randomly starts buying you things, and you're like, hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I was like, when I worked for Neptune, like he would hook it up. He would like always um, order like coffees and breakfast burritos for like Monday meetings and like buy us cool. food all the time. Yeah. And it is yeah. a tax write off. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like I was okay <laughs> with it because I knew what he was doing. So I was like, thanks, man. Like that's all I had to say, you know? Um, especially during like long installs, you know? Um, where we'd be at a on site installing something for like forever, <laughs> yeah. So. Break up the monotony with some some food. My boss only buys us lunch if he feels bad, 
So if he's like, I want to go to camp or I want to go fishing, but I know I'm needed here. I'll buy you lunch if you don't bitch about it. And we're like, okay, <laughs> no big deal. Solid. Yeah. I love you. <laughs> shout, out to, shout out to the Fort Side chat there. <laughs> yeah. That was a can so. of Coke, though. It wasn't a beer, so I don't know if that counts. I well, I very badly want to – I'm going to switch gears here real quick, go off on it. a tangent. I very badly want to get Neil on the show. And I've yeah. asked I've asked Kevin at Ameribraid to see if he'll come on and Oh, I'll just tell him. Just tell him? Yeah, I'll text him. I'll text him right now. <laughs> awesome. I knew I should have brought it up. Well there and, you go. Because I, I, I idolize that guy and like Mareko and you know, all those guys and Dude, yeah. There I mean it was I was kinda like blown away like the first time I met him. You know, I didn't know what to expect, but like, um, like he flew me out to, to, he took me to Blade so that we would like go collaborate with Steve Schwarzer, right? And I think I told you about that story the first time, um, but yeah, it was it was um, interesting to get to know like Mareko and all these people that I've been following for a long time online. Um, but yeah, they're just normal dudes, you know? Yeah. I, I, think- I the more celebrities I make knives for, the more I realize that they're just normal people in extraordinary situations for the most part. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. I made I've made six or seven knives for UFC fighters now, and every one of them are just normal, cool people. You know, just have a conversation with them. They just happen to also be famous. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's Neil weird. was probably Neil was probably the first knife maker I followed on Instagram, actually. And the difference is, is that I followed Neil before I was a knife maker because I just <laughs> liked his style, you know? Yeah. And- I was like, when I, when he called me over the phone, um, like, I just liked how he did things. He's like, I don't measure anything. I just, how it comes out is it how it comes out, like take it or leave it. And I'm like, damn, I, I need a little more of that. Like You got to respect forever. that. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. awesome. Um, but ironically, like Mareko was the one that like um, pointed me out to him um, as far as like, cause he was like vetting, he wanted to do like a basically feature women in the knife industry. And like, he was just kind of seeing that I, I did a little, like mostly did art and sculpture and stuff. So it was a little different than the other knife makers. Um, but yeah, like shout out to Mareko uh, <laughs> for that one. It's- if it wasn't for Mareko's episode of Rogan, I don't know if I ever would have gone as deep into knife making as I do, as I am, because everybody, when you start, doubts you. And they're like, what the hell are you doing? You watch too many episodes of Forged and Fire. You're crazy. <laughs> you're, you're never going to make any money at it. And then I saw him on Rogan and I was like, this guy's a knife maker and he's on Rogan. And that's all he does. Yeah. It's possible. Yeah. You can do oh, it. for sure. I mean, um, the guy I learned from, like, he does production. Granted, he has, like, a lot of experience. He does a different style than I do. Like, I'm very – I'm a jeweler. I can't help it. I'm fussy. And he's just, like, busting him out, you know. Um, and so I saw – like, I know he made – but he was also, like, a, a, you know, veteran. So he had certain benefits that I didn't have, you know. Like, so that – like – not until later I realized I'm like, Oh, like that's a little missing piece of the puzzle. I didn't really think about. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you, 
really make it an efficient process, like you can absolutely make money with it. Um, the problem is like people, especially like, like Mareko, his, he's such a, he is an artist for sure. Like, oh, and yeah. he's very particular about his process and that's why he has the name that he does. Um, you know, it takes him a long time to make one knife. So it's basically just trying to find that market that can, um, actually make that work for you. You know what I mean? Like I try to make more accessible, like that's what the boot knives are for. I just wanted to make like a lower priced accessible knife for people. Um, but man, I love making those super decadent ones as well. But they're harder to, they're harder to sell. Well, speaking of which, you recently posted one that was a collab between you and Neil that mm-hmm. had this yeah. very cool Damascus pattern, obviously. But it also, I believe, so you did the handles, is that correct? And yeah, all that? Yeah, yeah. Um, we, like, kind of sketched out a profile. He doesn't usually do um, full tanks. Um, so he um, forged it out and, like, sent me the blank, and then I finished it. So yeah. that one had a very unique handle, uh, particularly because did you put those handle scales together yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so can you I talk a little bit about the handle? For sure. Um, it's It was basically like a blue dyed stabilized burl. Um, and I think even like years ago, I started doing like a faux bolster um, and as far as like the proportions go, um, so I would put a different piece of wood where a bolster usually would go. And um, I don't know, just kind of like go on intuition and proportion on where the different laminates should be. But um, basically, I, I actually just like, well, you can see it in my sculpture even, um, these kind of like chevron layered yeah. diamond shape so um i basically just laminated uh late i use a lot of ghost jade g10 um mostly for the translucency so um i just put in some of that and i can't even remember what else was it like carbon fiber i think it was it was just some uh, g10 like splitting it but yeah it's definitely um kind of like a quarter of the way down kind of where like a bolster would end. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much what I did with that. I just really liked the, like, like you were saying the, maybe the, the Chevron look where you, you angled the different pieces that you laminated together. So I, I yeah. thought that was really cool. I know there's a lot of people that do segmented scales and typically you'll see an angle, you know, if, if you're looking at the, the side profile of the blade, it'll angle forward or it'll angle backwards. But that one brought a different dimension to it where you're seeing that angle from the top profile of the blade. And I haven't seen that very often. So I thought that was really cool. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like doing that. Um, I think I did that on the previous Tonto as well. Like that really long, long one. Um, the one I finished before that. Uh, I basically use the same like G10 and like um, carbon fiber um, chevron thing, but it was a purple handle. Yeah. Okay. I think I remember that one. Yeah. Um, I'm excited about the, the new collab I'm working on with um, Nick, Nick Angers, Nick Anger. Um, Yeah. He sent me like a little piece of steel and I'm finishing it out. So nice. Yeah. I love collaborations. 
I know, me too. And I it's love so Nate too. Yeah. 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 He's such a solid dude. Yeah. You right guys on, have so any collaborations in the works? I do. I'm doing one with Mike Jones, Knife and Tool. Mac Jones. Mike Who? Jones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's got the blade and uh, Flying Shark Knives is sending us some scales. But I don't know if they're going to work because dimensionally, like, the spacer and the scales lands right on a quarter inch pinhole. Yikes. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. So we might end up doing something else for the handle, well, but whatever, sure. whatever it turns into. Yeah. I mentioned to go back to Oakland to finish the collaboration with Leah Arapach. So we were like last time I went up there in the summer, we were, um, I'm, did this like blown piece of glass. It actually has like a shifty color, depending on what light it's under, it looks like a different color. Um, and yeah, I think that's the only, I, I definitely want to finish that one um, with her soon. She's really fun to work with. Like um, we go get we both get like kind of fired up and like deliberate different jobs. Nice. Yeah. Noah and I are doing a collaboration for the Patreons too. Oh yeah. Cool. Yeah. I forged out a piece of San Mai and I'm going to send it to him as soon as I get it off of my bench. Cause it's sitting there <laughs> and I haven't sent it to him yet, <laughs> but right it's forged on. out. So I just need to send it to him. But yeah, I love San Mai. I wanted, I wanted to anneal it before I sent it to him so that that way he could easily shape it so i just haven't gotten around to that yet Otherwise, it's, it's, it's kind of a yeah oh, that's true you do i don't know i just kind of wanted to like okay here it is it's finished it's it's ready for you to just use you know oh, anyways i um just take it in the box and send it fuck it yeah yeah fuck it i'll anneal it all right i'll just do I've it got a wood stove i'll just anneal it and when it's hot i'll stick it in the ash let there it cool go. yeah there but you. speaking of ovens so I said on a previous episode, if I were to build another oven, I would just buy one. Mm-hmm. Well, I lied. I'm going to build another one. <laughs> oh. And, but it's going to be big. It's going to be four feet long. So, four feet long? Yeah. F- I'm thinking. Right I've done feet. something like that, though. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out how I can hook up multiple thermal couples so it doesn't get too hot in the back and not hot enough in the front. You can do that. I know there's a way. I just haven't figured out the way yet. I haven't found the. If you're building it, then it should be straightforward. I mean, I don't know anything about the electrical. I just know about like the fabrication part. But yeah, yeah, uh, that's what I mean. The electrical, the wiring in of oh, yeah, no, multiple, multiple thermocouples. I can't Cause... remember where I heard, but there was somebody. It might have even been on another podcast talking about a specific controller, basically that it takes those, you know, let's say you've got three of them, you know, going from the front to the back and it it takes those three values that it gets and it calculates the the difference between the two of them. And then it puts out the number. And I can't remember exactly. There was a specific brand name that somebody threw out there that I can't remember what it was, but there is a controller out there that some, someone makes that you can buy for relatively inexpensively to control that. And I know it's very doable. I'll figure it out. I never don't figure it out. Uh, House said that his kiln has three thermal couples and it'll heat up that section of the kiln individually. So when you open yeah. the door, the front coils will come on, but not the yeah. back coils. 
Paragon made their name Paragon like Pro. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's there's different levels have... that you can that you can depending on how much money you want to you want to spend. But the Paragon Pro, I think, is the one that does that. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's also yeah, I was nerding cool out with them about that. Yeah, that's crazy cool. Be, yeah. It's uh, I mean, because that that matters so much with what we do, like yeah. so so much. The first uh, oven I built was like eighteen inches deep, and it would get so hot down in the end that it would melt the tips off the blades, and they were junk. The first run I did were all destroyed, and I was like, "That's kind of weird. I need to figure that out." I moved the thermocouple back, and it fixed it. But this oven's gonna be four feet, so I think yeah. I'll need like four of them. You're gonna do like swords and shit. Yeah, I think so. I've always yeah. wanted to. I don't know if there's a market <laughs> for them. Never wanted to. Never wanted to. <laughs> no, I don't know if there's any market you, for them. Like, I don't. I don't think you could pay me enough. Like, unless you'll hand sand it, then I'm <laughs> <down>. <laughs> yeah, you no know. kidding. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, Ryan, let's throw out uh, an ad for our buddies over at Phoenix Abrasives. And then we can move on to talking about artistic process. Artistic process. Hustle and Grind podcast is sponsored by Phoenix Abrasives, your one-stop abrasive shop. When you go to phoenixabrasives.com, click the shop icon in the upper right-hand corner to find all the abrasives you'll ever need. Check out the Incinerator 36-grit ceramic belts along with the Trizact Gator Belts that the hosts of Hustle & Grind use every day. When you every check day. out, use code HUSTLE10 for 10% off your entire order. Thanks, Luke. Thanks, Luke. And thanks, That's Greg. Luke. Greg at Phoenix yeah. has been taking care I'm of me lately. That. I need new belts. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Have you tried those incinerator belts? Yeah. Those things are freaking uh, awesome. Yeah. Actually, I have. Yeah, I play around with the different brands. So. Yeah, the ones that, that Phoenix has that I like the most are that Incinerator, or if you don't want to spend quite that much on one belt, although it does last, those VSM Red Ferraris are really good. I've had a lot of lot of good luck with those the VSM brand stuff. Um, That's my go-to 36. Quick shout oh, out to uh, B Cone. I I ordered one of those black felt uh, buffing belts. So I'm going to try that out this nice. week and see how that works. Cause but like, like most knife makers, the, the one thing that I'm most scared of in my shop is my buffing wheel. So eliminating well, that, <laughs> eliminating that and, and being how able many to times has a knife like flown out of your hand using this. I, I want to like, I don't want to admit it. Why not? There's only, there's only one tool in my shop that scares me more and it's my table. saw. It's oh like, yeah. So back when I was in the big shop, I was down there in the summertime and my wife just happened. My wife just happened to be in the shop and I was buffing something and I, I almost stabbed myself in the leg off the buffer. And she looked at me like, you, you know, the look. And, yeah. uh, and I was like, <clears throat> yep, that's why I'm scared of that one. It's, it's fine. But anyways, I'm, I'm looking forward to the speed control because, you know, with the buffing wheel, it's just spinning as fast as it's spinning, you know, 3,600 RPMs or something like that. But being able yeah. to control the speed with that, that felt, uh, belt, I'm really looking forward to seeing how that goes. So I have one. I haven't used it yet. I do a machine finish on all my blades. Scotch oh, breaks my it, final finish. Do the, do the, do the felt after that. Why I actually you just don't told? like the the buff like buffs after a belt finish for some reason. 
Um, I don't know. I, I like think. satin finishes, you know, I, like uh, I do a lot of, too. a lot of chef knives. I do hunting knives. I like a satin finish. I mean, I don't go above 600 pretty much ever. I mean, it'll last longer too. Like if you're going to like spend the extra like eight hours doing a mirror polish, the second you look at it again, it's going to have a scratch on it. Um, fingerprints or yeah. 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 So I, I kind of want to make something beautiful, but also that lasts. Um, so it's like durable. Um, I mean, it's going to change when you use it. Yeah. My, my, my mantra since I started knife making was function over, over, beauty. You know, if I can make something that's beautiful or nice looking, I want to do that, but never at the expense of its functionality. So that's always been my goal. So I, I use the buffing hand, the buffer for the, the handles. I don't really, I don't buff blades. Um, I've tried that in the past and I quickly learned that that was a terrible idea. So uh, I, I, I sand blades and I buff handles. That's all I do with it. So for me, it just depends. Speaking of process. Yeah. Uh, depends on, on what I'm trying to achieve and it's different every time. So, yeah. Excuse me there. I was, uh, had to mute my cough. Um, so I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to ask you a little bit about your, I don't know, maybe your artistic vision or, or just your, your style, because you do a lot of different stuff. You do glass making, you do sculpture, you do jewelry and you do blades. So you're very multifaceted. And speaking of facets, your style has this very intense geometric, uh, I don't know, style, I guess. The geometric futuristic shapes that you have, your sculpture in particular, but although it does come over into your your jewelry as well. Do you know kind of where that came from when you were, like, I'd love to hear about it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I think... In, I mean, I went to art school, so definitely was always attracted to sculpture. Um, I it wasn't until like my metals teacher like pulled me aside, like kind of laid out all my work, and basically, like, because when you're in school, you don't really know what your thing is or what your like artist statement actually is. Um, but then she, she like kind of tied a common thread between all my work, all my projects. So it's basically a lot to do with like metaphysical um, theories, like quantum stuff, some astronomy, architecture, but basically aesthetically, it was a lot of like layers, textures, and negative space. So um, because a lot of it has to, like, I like to explore psychology and kind of like where we land in space and like our interactions with each other and with the universe as well. Um, I know that seems very vague, but that gives me a lot to jump off of. Um, I actually started, I came across these um, artificial intelligence uh, neuronal network diagrams. I don't know if you've ever seen them, Yeah. but they're basically like circles and then like lines going, connecting to each other to a center. So it's like input information and then output. And so they basically like they're, it's basically how a computer mimics the way a human brain works. But on a visual scale, it looks like this like very geometric grid. So I started um, kind of doing that with welding. And I loved being able to like make larger sculptures without 
the weight because I mean, I've done foundry and stuff and I love casting iron and bronze, but that shit is heavy and it's like such a pain in the ass to like deal with, right. Um, and store and the ship. So, um, and I just had fun doing these kind of into, I didn't even like have anything sketched normally. I would just like take a piece of steel, have the angle I wanted and use some dividers to measure, make sure I was symmetrical and started welding shit together. Um, always with like a concept in the back of my mind, right? The first one had to do with like mitosis and I had like a forged piece of copper in the center with a mirror behind it. So it looked like it was going inside the wall. Um, shit like that. So, um, I mean, and I could like go on, but that's basically where that comes from. And so now I'm just trying to up the ante a little bit, um, with just the architectural aspect of it. That's, that's really cool to hear you talk about that because that's sort of, I'm, I've never really considered myself to be like a artistic person. You know, I've always been very into music and then obviously doing knives, there is an artistic aspect to it, but I've never been what most people call like an art lover or like a modern art lover or anything like that. But looking at some of your sculptures that came across, there was that sort of artificial intelligence sort of um, looking into someone's brain, but in an almost, I don't know how to describe it in a, in a, in a universal way. And when I say universal, I don't mean multifaceted. I mean, in the way of looking into the universe, you know, sort of almost like an, an astro physical sort of feeling that you get looking at it. Um, and so I really, I really enjoy looking at your sculptures and in particular your, your jewelry, because it's, you know, it's a way to create something on a smaller scale. That's still very intricate and, and it, it shows what you're trying to convey in a, in a smaller, easier to digest kind of package, if that makes sense. For sure. I'm, that was intentional. I was kind of wondering like why I wasn't doing that before. Um, and I have messed around with like um, etching steel and like making those into like jewelry, like hand, like hand sawing and filing all of that um, as if it were non-ferrous metal, which super sucks to do. <laughs> yeah. But um, I started fusing silver and bronze and stuff on them, but they, they look a lot like my sculpture, but I started making them in like silver and bronze, uh, something a little bit more wearable. Um, again, like large without the weight. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm trying to move further in that direction and kind of explore also kind of like keeping in mind, like, um, like sometimes I'll like want to get a tattoo and then I'm like, well, can't do that right now, but I can make jewelry in the shape that I want that kind of fits that aesthetic. So that's why I've been uh, making some cuffs lately that kind of have the same aesthetic as the rest of the work on my body. And like, so, um, but yeah, just keeping a lot of that stuff in mind. And that's another thing too, with, with jewelry, body adornment, um, I definitely that's also an innately human thing. And the reason I was attracted to jewelry in the first place was that kind of psychological humanist aspect, right? It's a primal thing to want to decorate your body and even use it as a rite of passage. There's all these like societal traditions that are tied along with them. 
um, you know, like signet rings and like oh, stuff yeah. like that, that are heirlooms that are passed down. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I just, I was really fascinated by that. And like, if you really dig through, um, I highly recommend you guys check out um, Society of North American Goldsmiths, their uh, website. There's some really wild shit out there. Like people make wearable conceptual art, like stuff that um, questions how you're holding your body or like you can't get close to someone or marks the way that you walk or like, it's like kind of, Definitely a little more artsy and kind of intellectual, but um, it's also kind of super weird, <laughs> which I love. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if you've ever heard this podcast before, but we're into weird here too. So <laughs> good. Oh, well, I figured we're uh, we're all the same kind of crazy, right? Yeah, or very similar <laughs> at least. But yeah, I, I think and and what you were talking about with the whole, uh, you know, getting the the artistic what you're trying to convey out there without the weight that works really well into your negative space aspect that you've, you've definitely got in your artistic style. So that all kind of blends together really well. It seems like. I hope so. Yeah. I'm trying to like highlight the voids and how materials play together. You know, when I'm like mixing in the, in the glass too, you have to like predict where it's going to go and what it wants to do and how it's going to shrink. And like, um, yeah. So there's that also ties in all the quantum stuff, right? Like most of everything is just electrons. It's all just dead space. So that's like another reason why I kind of like making basically empty sculptures. <laughs> but, you yeah. should come on the next Jason Knight episode. Cause we're only going to talk about aliens and interdimensional oh, stuff. Oh no shit. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I know. The, the news lately has really been helping me prepare for that episode. It's great. <laughs> All right. So we got, we got, we got into some heavy, heavy discussions there. Well, let's go a little bit lighter here. Uh, we're going to try out a new segment here to try and get to know our guests a little bit. We're going to do, do a game of this or that. I'm going to throw out two things. There's no other options. You just have to pick one of them and we're going to rapid fire this. So this is just going to be really quick. And, and you don't get to choose anything other than what these answers are. This or that. Here we go. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Sharks or orcas? Sharks. Knives or glass? Glass. Surf or turf? Surf. Fords or walking? Did you say Fords? Yeah. <laughs> walking. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> Knives or jewelry? Um, jewelry. Wine or beer? Beer. Summer or winter? Summer. The asteroid, uh, sorry, the asteroid that killed the dinosaurs or polio? Asteroid. Cats or dogs? <laughs> What's that? Cats or dogs? Dogs. All right, there we go. We have cats too, but man, yeah, yeah. I don't have Shit. to try as hard with cats, or you know what I mean, like with dogs, rather. Yeah, but, dogs will oh, okay. just love you for no reason. I can just smother them with love and not get scratched, <laughs> not be like "fuck you." Yeah, but there are some cats that will let you. 
They're very few like... and far between. They all have attitudes. That's all right. So do I. I'm a big <laughs> fan of, of fat cats, unhealthy, fat, loafy cats. Oh my God, I love fat cats too. <laughs> <laughs> Barely move. Yeah. They're Shout hilarious. out to my new puppy, Vernon. He's getting oh, How's oh, Vernon doing? He's yeah. getting big. He uh, went to the vet the other day. He's already 30 pounds. He's 14 weeks old. Damn. He's a big, he's a big boy. Oh. Has yeah. he been hanging out you with you in the shop lately? Uh, not not so much, but him and my... So it's weird because... So I have three dogs. I got my older one, Carolyn. Georgia, my other hound. And then Vernon. Georgia hates him when they're in the house. But as soon as they're outside, like to the point where she'll ask to go outside just to play with him. But if really? they're in the house, if they're in the house, she growls at him, doesn't want him anywhere near. If he jumps on the bed, she'll jump off the bed and like go sit on the floor. I'm like, what is But she loves him outside. I don't get it. It's weird. They're not mean to each other. She just doesn't want to be near him. Interesting. I don't know. Like me and well, my brother. Good, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I told my wife she gets it from her. but he's doing good he's like very few messes in the house he tells me when he's got to go out right on that's cool I have something really exciting that I want to talk about so we've been talking a lot lately about how Ameribraid has been coming on as our new sponsor and we're really excited to work with them and I decided that if we're going to be sponsored by Ameribraid then I needed to go all in and get myself an Ameribraid grinder. And if those of you who know me know that I have a house-made grinder and I've loved it and it has been the instrument that has allowed me to progress in my knife making to the point where I am now because I would not have been able to do what I am doing now without that um, without that revolution. And I am so grateful to Brian House for that design and I love the guy. He's an inspiration to me. Um, But I love the way that Ameribraid makes their grinders. And I love the precision and the attention to detail that they put in their work. Um, Those of you who have been following their backup account that they had to put up for a while um, because they got locked out of their, their main account probably know that Kevin had just been posting constantly in his stories on that other account about all their different processes and everything. And I was watching all of those and just learning just how much they put into their grinders, like the attention to detail, the precision, you know, Kevin will be talking about something. He's like, so we designed it like this and, you know, it worked really well, but we thought if someone wants to use this for like a hundred thousand hours, they could come up with this issue and so to alleviate that potential issue, we did this, this, and this to make sure that that never happened. And if, uh, you know, those of you who have met engineers know that that's kind of uncommon. Uh, working on cars, I, I have choice words for particular engineers on a daily basis. So having something that's that well thought out and that well designed and somebody who clearly cares about the product that they're putting out there. I mean, it, it, it's just something that I want to be a part of. So I ordered myself an Ameribraid, but here's the thing. I've already got a motor. I've already got a VFD. I already have a wheel set. So all I had to do was buy the frame. And here's what I want you guys to take away from this. Their frame is extremely affordable 
for somebody that wants to just get in the game. If you use the, our code, the Hustle 100 code, that gets you $100 off, even just the frame. So I think that makes the frame by itself, I think $675 with that 100 bucks off. So for $675, that's not that far above some of the other DIY kits. If you're somebody that doesn't have a welder, or if you're somebody that just doesn't have the skill to put something like that together, or you don't trust yourself to you know have something that's going to be spinning at that many revolutions, and you want to make sure that it's precise and safe, I highly recommend that you look into it. I'm going to be posting some videos when I get it. Hopefully that'll be this week or something. Um, but I'm really excited. So um, go check out Ameribrade's website. I mean, they they literally have stuff for every different price point. You know, whatever your budget is, they've got something for you. If you want to go full hog, I mean, you can get a legit setup. I think their get grinding package is pretty much everything just to get going. I think it's under two grand. So, and this isn't like a, you get a flat pack box. Like it comes pre-assembled, it comes ready to go. They make everything in house. They make their own freaking knobs for crying out loud. I was watching a video of theirs the other day about how they make their knobs. It's awesome. So, um, I'm fully on board with Ameribraid. I'm going to be, um, posting some videos about that. Super excited. I just wanted to tell you guys about it. So there you go. (laughs) And to give people a little bit of an example about the precision that you're talking about. So like take the holes where your platen wheels are mounted. They're not just hoping that the plate steel is flat. They're machining inserts into those spots that are machine fabricated perfectly straight. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I always it's not- appreciate that. I used to be a machinist and like all those, I mean, it takes time to do and like, oh for sure it costs them money to do and but like you know if you're already committed to excellence then like there's no no option not to right so yeah exactly cool and also not a lot of people know they have a side gig with a laser cutting business so if you need something laser cut you can hit up kevin at a braid and he can facilitate that for you also that is really good to know i did not know that which now, oh, wheels probably. are turning. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, trying to get all the commissions out of the way so I can do some sculpture. I actually have some sculpture commissions so that I have to bid out. So, yeah, I need to reach out and actually bid the quote. So, yeah, nice, awesome, it should be fun. Yeah, I more of those, more of those, please. <laughs> Does it does it feel better to sell a piece of art rather than a knife? Fuck yeah! I mean, look, like the that was easy. People really enjoy my knives and my jewelry, man. Like it, that's that's why I do it. Like when other people are like wearing my stuff or like using it on a daily basis, and they're like, "Look, I'm even someone need a knife for this like." like potluck and here's your knife you know and i'm you know stuff like that where like people are just really stoked on it like that definitely um you know i don't know definitely have like some kind of reward for that but um like the sculpture thing like uh, someone uh taking the time to like seek me out and being like i like your work i want something you made 
like in this vein, like, cause it's hard to, you know, I got a little heady with you guys, but it's hard to kind of like bridge that with, um, the most of the public. Right. So when they're saying that, like, they're into like the weird that I make, then, um, I'm definitely excited to do that. You know? Yeah. Cause uh, that's something that comes like from deep within you and it has no secondary function. For other sure. Than- for it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just want to like make, weird stuff that makes people think about stuff. <laughs> you know, um, it's nothing. Somebody but who doesn't get that. That's kind of hard to explain. The value is in the concept is in the idea, yeah. like, which is, it's tricky, right? That's the difference between making functional art and non-functional art. Um, it's more of a intellectual reward. Right. But, um, and I also like making dumb stuff too. My roommate's been making weird maces and like <laughs> bats and stuff like that for fun. So um, it's nice to do that kind of stuff too. Nice. Yeah. I painted for, there was a stretch where I, I found that when you live with an artist, because there's a difference between artists and makers, uh, in my opinion, but I lived with an artist and you get the rub from it. So like I would sit there, we'd be sitting there after we both got home from work and I'd watch him draw for hours and hours and hours. And I'm like, oh, well, I guess I'll try painting. So there was like a short stretch where I painted and then I sold one of my paintings and I was like, holy shit, that feels so good. That Because that just came out of my brain and I just painted that. And like, it's the only one I ever sold. As soon as I moved out of the apartment, I stopped painting. And that happens. Life gets in the way. Yeah, but it, it was like the the ultimate level of satisfaction. And I think it's because there is no secondary function. You just hang it on the wall and you look at it. You're like, that's bad. Yeah, Someone is appreciating your blood, sweat and tears into something. Yeah, that um, that like I, you know, that I felt the need to like externalize for some reason. Right. Um, yeah, there is no function for it. But yeah, it feels really, really good. But we'll see. Um, yeah. It's just been like a lot this semester, though. <laughs> I'm also like working for my old boss, doing glass stuff for him, uh, just getting more knowledge under my belt. So, like, finding the time to do all that is like really hard <laughs> lately. Lately. So, I'm right there with you. Break. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The balance. Every, everything's yeah. sometimes I, I, I know people that are busier than me and I just don't know how some people do it because I know. after a while I my know. brain just shuts down. It's like, I can't handle one more thing. Like, come on. Yeah. Like <sighs> my friends that have kids and stuff and have like a million things going on. I'm like, I don't even understand how you're functioning <laughs> on like no sleep. So with difficulty. Yes. That's yeah. How. And mm-hmm. and now I, I've actually had kind of a chill, a chill winter as, you know, compared to some other ones that I've had. And now I'm back into orders and it's like, oh, oh, I have orders again. I need to, oh crap. Now I actually have to, <laughs> I need to get this stuff done. When was I finding time for this before? I don't, I don't remember. <sighs> yeah. So, when you start yeah. like kind of going through like all the deposits, <laughs> you're like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. I need to get this done. That's a good, good place to be, man. 
Well, it's motivating yeah. and I, I struggle with motivation. So when, when you have people that are expecting something from you, 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 you kind of have to force yourself to be motivated. And I need that. I, I work in, uh, I, I need freedom within structure in order to function properly. And that's why moving into a smaller shop actually worked well for me is because it provided some structure and I have freedom within that structure, but I need that structure there for me to actually produce something. And that makes orders, a lot of sense. Yeah. Orders for me are that, you know, I, everyone's always talking about their dream is to be able to just make whatever they want and, and sell it or don't sell it. And, and I can identify with that. Like, don't get me wrong. That would be fantastic. And it's like, if something sells great. If something it's doesn't sell, if something doesn't job. sell, who cares? You know, like I get that, but for me, I yeah. need those orders to, to motivate me to keep going. And, and I get a lot out of my customers, you know, like I've talked about this in the past where people come up with ideas that I wouldn't normally come up with and they force me to try new things and think outside the box. So I really yeah. enjoy that about taking orders and, and again, it gives me the structure that I need to, to keep moving. So it works yeah. for me. That's why we're a good podcast duo because I thrive off chaos. I function, <laughs> I, I function best under chaos. And that's why I cooked for so long because anybody who's worked on a line cooking in a very busy restaurant knows all it is is controlled chaos. You know, you the chaos in the moment to the end game. And the end like game that. is, yeah, it's... And, and I need this sheet of paper. Otherwise, I will forget everything on here and it'll just go out the door and I'll just sit here talking about nothing for an hour. I like those moments where like you have to think on your feet. Like you just, there's a lot on the line, um, including like your own safety. And like <laughs> you just have to like, you have to be present and like nail it or like a lot is at stake. Right. So I, I think I I'm kind of in the same, I'm in between you guys, I think as far as the way that I work, but uh, instead of motivation is fleeting. So I rely on self-discipline, like whether I like it or not, I'm going to go to my shop, like, and I'm just going to be there. Right. And I treat it like a job. Like I'm going to stay here for I don't know, seven hours, like until this time. And um, like whether I like it or not, like it might not, I might not work on what I'm supposed to be working on. Um, but a lot of the times it does end up like, you know, you do come back around to those like things um, that have to get done, like the orders and like, I have a, a an app that kind of helps me organize my priorities because um, there's just a lot, a lot that I've taken on and um, I'm excited about all of them. But yeah, um, tattoo machines actually are on the top oh, of that list. Yeah. I've always wanted to build one because I've got yeah. two brothers that are tattoo artists. So it, like, here's a machine. Here you go. Use it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I actually just got an, a welder yesterday so i can actually start making like the other types of friends instead of just making like the brackets for rotaries so we'll see um damn it would help so much if i had a mill but well i'll i'll figure it out yeah i've thought about buying a mill because my tax guy said i need to buy tools so uh, i was thinking about one? that yeah there you, go. you, you one, need but- one what would I use it for, though, you think? Bolsters? Because I do do a lot of hidden tang. Oh, yeah. Every single one. 
bolsters or even um I don't know how you do your hidden tang handles, but um, the dowel method. Ah, yes, the quick and efficient way. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I still have yet to try that. I don't know why I didn't do that this last time. Whatever. <laughs> Just decided to do it the hard way. You could, you can, uh, you can mill fullers. Yeah, oh, I could. I could. Like our boy yeah. Nate Wapple, um, he was, he was doing that. He was actually doing that right before he came on the show last time. That would save me so much time because I do my fullers. I don't have a fullering attachment, so I do a diamond grind and then flat grind over it. And it leaves like the little Get yourself a big, fat, round end mill. Yeah. Just fuller it right in. Maybe my credit card's about to take a hit. Yeah, there Um, we go. <laughs> bad decisions on this show. I was trying to think of it. Uh, do you guys know Hatcher and Eyes? He's based near Austin. Um, Sounds too, familiar. His work is solid, but he had a like situation to grind fullers on his grinder that I thought was pretty smart. One way you could um, grind fullers is you could get yourself a Ameribraid surface grinder attachment. And then they have not only a small wheel attachment, but they have a fullering attachment that goes into their small wheel. You could slap your blade flat on your uh, surface grinder and then slowly work your way in grinding back and forth with the, the wheel vertical. Oh, that's a good yourself. idea. That's super dope that they did that. Mm-hmm. I know. And eventually I'm going to get all that equipment and I'm going to do that and I'm looking forward to it. But one thing at a time, one thing at a time. Do you, are you guys interested in, in some fake headlines? Yeah. yeah. Let's do maritime knife supply first though, or else I'm going to end up forgetting. I've let's do been... that. Yes. We Hustle love Lawrence. Grind is sponsored by maritime knife supply. Whether you're looking for steel, abrasives, handle material, forges, epoxy, or anything for making in general, Maritime Knife Supply has you covered. And in the U.S. or Canada, they ship faster than the great Cobra Chicken Gooses that their country is known for. Go to Maritime Knife Supply, and when you buy a 10-pack of belts, get 10% off. And tell them we sent you, eh? Thanks, Luke. And Lawrence as is so cool. Speaking of my taxes, sorry to interrupt you. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I message Lawrence because you got to figure out what you spent. I'm not very good at saving receipts. Uh, I probably threw away a thousand dollars worth of shipping receipts in the front seat of my car this year. <laughs> and a guy, I didn't know you could claim shipping. Now I do. But I messaged Lawrence. I said, do you know how much I spent with you this year total or in 2022? And his response was, you know, I'm an accountant, right? I was like, oh, yeah. And that, he sent it right back to the penny every category that I was going to end up needing to claim. And I was like, Oh shit. Thanks Lawrence. Yeah. This isn't to say that you should rely on Lawrence to do your taxes because, um, you know, you could, you could save receipts. too. He told me, yeah, he only knows the Canadian tax code because he's Canadian. Oh yeah. That makes sense. Well, I was just going to say that uh, uh, I, I don't know why, but I seem to always do my orders on Saturdays. So as usual, when we're talking about Lawrence, I just made an order just the other just yesterday. 
Um, but yeah, I just ordered uh, some stuff for some of my orders that I have coming up. So I got my steel coming. Um, I threw in some ridiculous requests like I usually do. So thank you, Lawrence. You're the man for uh, taking care of my ridiculousosity. And I also am trying out some new belts. Um, thanks to uh, Kyle Daly, who we had on last week. We had a great discussion about abrasives. And one other maker who DM'd me, and I'm sorry I forgot your name right now because I'm terrible with names, but thank you for your suggestions. I'm trying out some. Oh, I think it was Aru. I think it was Aru. Anyways, um, so yeah, so I got some new, uh, some other new belts that I'm trying out, some different stuff. So thanks to everybody with your suggestions, and thank you, Lawrence, for carrying everything under the sun. Also, real quick to the listeners, if you're sending suggestions for Noah for Florida Man or fake news, don't send them to the Hustle and Grind page because I'll look at it and keep scrolling and forget to send it to him. So I'm the only one that has access to that page. You have to send it to Noah directly. Thanks. Yeah. (laughs) That's so funny. Like, um, I can't tell you how many times I've had... um, in-depth conversations with knife makers just about like for two hours about abrasives. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I'm that girl at parties. I'm like, shut up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Have you tried the structured abrasives? (laughs) (sighs) We're all about structured abrasives here, man. Yeah. All right, so we got some we got some fake headlines here, some fake news. I got three stories here. Two of them are real. One of them is satire, fake news, complete BS. You guys are going to have to guess which one that is. They read, Homeless couple found living in Walmart attic, operating meth lab with flat screen TVs. True. <laughs> you gotta, I gotta, <laughs> let, let me read them all. <laughs> Uh, Florida man throws own feces at Miami Dade judge before acquittal. True. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> and lastly, Florida. Florida man breaks into house, shaves cat's head, and leaves without stealing anything. God, those all could be true. I know they. I mean, you you say Florida, and then I'm like, well, that's. Could be true. No shit. <laughs> on, on Florida, but you know. I think the we, last one's fake. Let me let me just read them off one more time. We got a homeless couple found living in the attic of a Walmart operating a meth lab and they had flat screen TVs. That's, that was on Flor- 60 Minutes. Pretty sure. Was it really? <laughs> yeah, I think that was on a news show. Because they uh, were there for three years. Florida man throws his own feces at a Miami Dade judge before acquittal. And Florida man breaks into house, shaves the cat's head and leaves without stealing anything. Well, the second one, would he still have gotten acquitted if he threw shit at the judge? Because acquitting means they let you go. So. I just read a man. I don't. <laughs> Oh my that's God. all I have to do. Um, I want to say the the last one because cats wouldn't let you shave them. Yeah, that sounds very reasonable. I've tried to shave a cat. You like fuck work. that? I'm out. <laughs> Scratch the shit out of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We pay to have our cat Kiki shaved every year because she's a Maine Coon. Her hair gets out of control, gets all matted. 
Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, we ever shaved every year. They're so yeah. cute. Good luck doing it yourself. Yeah. She's yeah. a, she, speaking of fat cats, she's a football. She had a litter very young. I found her in a junkyard. So she's like a coon cat, but she's a miniature version because her growth was stunted. So, yeah. Aww. Yeah. Super cute then. She, yeah. She's a good kitty. So, Noah, how do we do? I, Who's I, right? Who's wrong? I got distracted here. Ryan, what was your answer? The last one, the cat. The last the cat. cat. Okay. And you're going with the same one, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. You are both incorrect. It was the homeless couple found living in the Walmart attic operating a meth lab. And maybe, it, maybe it's the meth lab part that made it fake. Uh, I don't know. I know people have lived in Walmarts before. Yeah. So, so this one was sent to me by Brian Hunt from Hidden Rose Forge. And I Googled it and there was multiple like Snopes articles and, and everything talking about how this was completely made up and it was shared widely apparently on the internet. I don't know if it was on 60 Minutes or not, but apparently uh, it was a well-known story that turned out to be fake news. Bummer. Well, so oh, see, the one I was thinking of, man lived in Walmart air ducts, but he wasn't running a meth lab. So he'd figured out a way to crawl into them big giant metal tubes that they have on the yeah. ceilings and I guess meth labs have like a smell to them right yeah so you you have to wear like, yeah hmm. i mean not that i would know <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah so unfortunately what that means is that uh, a man did actually throw his own feces at a miami dade judge uh before getting acquitted somehow i don't know and a Florida man did break into a house, shave the cat's head, and leave without stealing anything. And that one uh, was sent in by Rodney Philman, the Sharp Carpenter, on Instagram. Nice, solid. So, yeah. Thank you guys for your submissions. Uh, I will say uh, the the Florida man uh, shaves the cat's head. That one came with a picture, and that cat <laughs> looked so miserable. It was it wasn't oh. like, it was so it was just like one buzz like right down the center. So it, it looked like Dr. Phil. It was so terrible. That's Can we use that as the thumbnail for this episode? We might have to at this point. Uh, it yeah, was. It. Yeah. I, I, I felt. Here, here we go. I don't know how well you'll be able to see this on the, on the camera, but. Oh, it's oh, just a baby. Oh, my God. It's a little guy. It's just a little just kitten. shaved it right down the middle. Oh, my God. Are you sure? Like, I mean, what was their kids involved? Like, did they just blame it on someone who broke in? Like, I didn't do it. A fucking stranger broke in. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? That could I didn't be true. Play it off. It's Florida. Anything's that. possible. Last yeah. week we read off. Last he week we read off. Me a... Making stereotypes. <laughs> no, we have. We oh, have no. a, every we have a week. Yeah, every week we make fun of the Florida man. So. <laughs> Cool. If if wow. we had any Florida listeners, we probably don't anymore because they're tired of us ragging on them. But yeah, last week we had a story where a Florida man broke into somebody's house and uh, the owner of the house woke up to uh, the perpetrator sucking on his toes. Yeah, I believe that one. Yeah, that's, that's cucka. <laughs> it's a, it's a, <laughs> that's it's a wild place. Ugh. Yeah, it's like the Wild West. But I so badly want to live there. <laughs> I'm like it's warm all the time. A lot time. of amazing people that like grew up there and like are from there. 
Yeah. They're like pretty awesome people. And it's warm all the time. Yeah. They moved out, but yeah, they, they're from there. So. I wouldn't mind living somewhere where it was warm all the time. I just couldn't handle the humidity. Yeah, that's, that's real, man. It's already, it's already into the eighties here in Austin and I'm like, not ready. I'm not ready. <laughs> well, and it gets humid in Austin too, doesn't it? Like it gets. It does. Yeah, it does. Um, not as bad as like Houston and stuff, but like, yeah, I'm like, it's still February. <laughs> like, fuck. Um, I, was, I was excited today. It was like 40 degrees outside. I was like, yes, it's nice and warm. I was wearing a t-shirt. <laughs> it's so 40 great. out today. It feels like well, summertime. You say that and it just makes me like retract like all the negative things. I, just, I would much rather deal with like the heat than the summer. That's why your like summer winter question was really easy to oh. answer. See, I live yeah. in a place where we have very definitive seasons. Like there is in the summertime, it's it's 100 degrees or, you know, sometimes it gets up above that. You know, it'll be 110 for a month or something like that. And then you get the fall where it's 70 degrees. Sometimes it gets back up into the 80s. And then all of a sudden it's winter and it's snowing. And I think this year it got down to like negative nine or negative 12 or something like that. Do you guys get ice storms? We do. Bad. We did. We, we did this year. Uh, we don't always, but yeah, we got we got a couple of ice storms that this year. Fucked this entire city up. Like I heard that completely. Like, lost. Power I saw videos. Everywhere. We we actually so there was, there was the one that hit like the whole state, and over in Seattle, everything's on a hill. Like the whole city is built on a hill, basically, and yeah. it doesn't really snow or get very icy over on that side of the state. So nobody over there has winter tires or anything like that. You know, here, you know, fall runs around. We put our winter tires on spring. We take mm-hmm. them off. Like it, we're always, you know, very aware of what's about to come, but over there it's not. So I saw videos of parked cars just sliding down hills, taking out all the other cars. Like it's like dominoes. You just see them all fall. There's just this pile of cars down at the bottom of this hill. It was awful. Yikes. I'm pretty sure you guys make your roads out of a different material than we do. And uh, Neil Warren told me that the power lines there are a lot thinner than they are here because ours can harry can handle an ice load. Um, we had an ice storm in 1998 that was like the mother of all ice storms. We lost power for three weeks. Like it was a it was an ordeal. You couldn't go anywhere. Couldn't go in the woods because trees were just breaking everywhere. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That was the most insane part. Like these 40 foot tall trees just spliced in half. Like I just made sure to park my truck somewhere safe. Um, yeah, I didn't have power for a few days, but whatever. It was just, yeah. Um, insane, but whatever. We're we're built for it. You guys aren't built for it. No, we have six months of winter every year. So it's, you know, for us, it's like ice storm. All right. I'm going to the dollar general. I need some milk. (laughs) You know? Yeah. yeah. Well, in Texas, you guys have a lot of like two wheel drive vehicles, right? Yeah. See, that's not a thing here. Everybody drives all or four wheel drive. So yeah, I'm really glad my truck has had four wheel drive. Yeah. You, you can't sell a car. All that mattered. I was really excited about that. My old truck was two wheel drive and nobody wanted to buy it. 
because it's two wheel drive. You can only drive it three, four months out of the year. Mm-hmm. Yep. What was that you said about your shop, Andrea? Oh, that my shop had power. Oh, so gotcha. I just would like drive over there and work. School was canceled, so I didn't have to teach. Free shop days. Love it. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Yeah, it wasn't I, that bad. I, I got snowed in one day last year, and it was when it dumped 24 inches of snow overnight. And I my my driveway's a hill, you know? Like, I couldn't... I Now... I'm good. Like I could have made it into work, but I wasn't, I wasn't interested. So I just stayed home and played in the shop all day. Yeah. Or I I explained it to my boss once our vehicles are our livelihoods. If I can't drive 30 miles to work, does it, you know, it's going to be worse than me just calling out one day when it snows real bad. Cause if you crash, you know, yeah, Yeah, that's true. Insurance doesn't cover acts of God here. (laughs) Right. Any way they can get out of it. Yeah, pretty much. It got real cold for like two days here this year, and that was it. Uh, Minus 41 for like a weekend was our coldest. That hurts. Minus 41? Yeah, it hurts. Ugh, fuck that. Yeah. (laughs) Pickle, if whatever whatever Nick Tobin says his temperature is, mine's always 10 degrees lower because he's like three hours north of me. So it's pretty, it's, it's pretty consistent. If he says it's minus 51, it's minus 41 here. Um, yeah, it sucks. Mm, I'm so ready not for summer. Well, in that weather. I, yeah, I had wait, I should rephrase that. I'm ready for spring. I, I, I really enjoy spring and fall are my favorites when I can just have a normal temperature. I, I don't, I don't like it when it's below 20 and I don't like it when it's above 100. Anything in between that, I'm good. I'm good. It's fine. I like the heat. I have my my heater in my shop on eighty when I'm out here all the time. Just, You're a man, I wanna man. Be, I want to be sweating. I don't. <laughs> well, I don't need the extra heat because as soon as I turn on the kiln, it's like, you know, um, and then like being in front of a torch all day, kind of a little exhausting. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm just getting older. And it's warm there. So like here, if I didn't have the heat on, I fire up my my oven. It takes twice as long to heat up because it's frozen. Right. No, here it's like I my shop's in a metal building. So it's just radiant. It's like and it has a bunch of windows. So it has that like greenhouse effect. So, yeah, I have to like plan how I'm going to do my day. If I'm going to like blow glass or something like um, plan accordingly. (laughs) Um, yeah there there was there was days in the summertime where i'd be out there forging from like 8 to 10 p.m just because that was when i could actually get out there and not die of heat stroke because if you have the forge running in a metal box when it's already 100 degrees outside it gets hot quick have you guys had heat stroke no i don't know if i've actually ever like i feel like you've probably like stopped sweating and stuff like that from oh yeah yeah i've had that being, like you just like are no longer sweating and you're just like sick yeah i've been there yeah no, I, absorbed I, I had it. uh so <laughs> back back in 2020 um when 2020 was happening we 
in our shop at work had to wear masks and yep i have moderate asthma and severe anxiety so you put something covering my face when it's 110 degrees outside and i'm doing physical manual labor it's not going to go well um so yeah i was like on the floor of my stall at work one day like choking and puking and like i had to rip my mask off and like my coworker was like are you okay and like yeah, it was it was not fun. So I mean, that wasn't like heat stroke, but I mean, it, it was so freaking hot, and I had this stupid thing over my face, and I couldn't breathe. Ugh, that was a nightmare. No, I hear you. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. We know it. We know what your coworkers really said, Noah. They went pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a mechanic. I know how shops are. Some it's of them might have. Yeah, I mean, I was doing. Um, props for a movie this summer in a hot hot metal building like you know we would start at 6 a.m just to try to beat the heat but once three o'clock rolled around i was delirious are you able to talk about that yet um has that movie come out yet i don't don't know i don't think it's come out yet no okay but (laughs) i can I don't have to talk about like what movie it was, I guess, if you wanted to ask some questions. What What's were you that making? Like? Uh, fun and brutal. I was really lucky to like have a really awesome team. Uh, like the people that I worked with were fucking rad. Um, but overall, it's like you you do this, and so you just like find whatever stock you have available, and like make this item as close as possible to this like computer rendering as possible. So, but it's like all up to you. So that part was kind of really fun um, and like nerve wracking, but, um, but overall like uh, learning that like most of movies is like basically rubber. (laughs) And how much time goes into something that's only going to be in a frame for like a split second is kind of ridiculous. Um, but, is, is it yeah, frustrating? I mean, is, that, is that frustrating to know that? Um, it, I guess it depends on the person. For me, I'm like, I'm getting paid. I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm, yeah. That's probably the right attitude. <laughs> that's like, probably why movies cost so much, too. Yeah, no, it was like very ridiculous and like it's a very wasteful industry, but um, you get to do a lot of stuff that you normally wouldn't. Um, And yeah, I don't know, like there's different like sections, people doing like the welders are in one section and like there's mold makers and then there's like the painting experts. So, and there's like a whole room full of like 3D printers and things like that. So, um, it's just chaos to be honest. Cause then all of a sudden, like this frame is being shot and like all of a sudden you have to like stop what you're doing and all hands on deck to finish this one thing that's going to be in the scene or whatever. So, um, what happens, what happens to the props after the movies? Trash. What? Most of it. Sometimes they keep props as like wrap gifts. So when they wrap the movie, they like gift it to like the director or something like that. But mostly um, some in this particular studio, they did have a warehouse with the 
molds that they used. Not, I don't think the props were in there. Um, I never made it around. I was just like in my welding cubby, but um, yeah, I don't know. That Most must of be why. Like, yeah. Yeah, that must be why um, actors always joke about stealing shit from movie sets. Like yeah. Robert Downey Jr. joked about stealing an Iron Man suit and like, because they all just go in the trash. That's crazy. Yeah. They can make so much money reselling that stuff. I know. There's like um, like these two inch huge slabs of acrylic that they just th- threw out. I was like, what? <laughs> like That is so much money. Um Jeez. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's pretty wild, but it's I thought I I don't like the long hours, but um I thought that was like where finally like the communal skill set that I have is actually useful like from the jewelry cuz I was making like jewelry, wax carving, molds, uh metals, working with aluminum, uh woodworking like I did like all of the things in like one job so that was really um it suited me I guess the hours didn't but yeah I was making money so whatever I'm sure you got to meet some famous people too that's always cool Mm. Mm. (laughs) sort of not really like it's kind of funny like uh the props they're in like they're not even on set. Like they're in like, they're just in that like hot ass warehouse, just slaving away. Like we're not oh. really integrated with every, with everything. Like if anything, like the fashion stylist people take what we make and like fit it with the actors. So we don't have like no FaceTime with anyone. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. I, I would also imagine Hollywood famous is different than, knife making community famous or like athlete famous depending on which sport but hollywood hollywood tends to be a little weirder yeah yeah for sure i'm, I'm do, assuming yeah they do a lot more patting themselves on the back i think than most other professions i yeah i lived in la and like hated it <laughs> Not my job. I like my job and my coworkers. Like that's what I was there for. But like I just realized, like, wow, like people here are different. Yeah. Well, everybody is a transplant, right? They all move there to be movie stars. Well, they have a different end game, and like if you're not gonna help them get to what they want, then like stay out of the way, type of thing. That's like kind of the attitude that I got. Um, I'm not saying that's a blanket statement for all because I have like a lot of solid, amazing friends in, in Los Angeles, like really good people, like solid. Um, but like in overall, like granted there, I only lived like for like three months or so, but, um, I kind of felt this, like, who are you type of thing? I'm like, I'm nobody. I'm just here to work. <laughs> no, I felt that I moved, I lived in the opposite end of the state for two years and you yeah. kind of get that feeling. Yeah. Like, There's a reason know. that tool wrote the song enema. Is enema? it about, is it about LA? Are, have you, are you not familiar with the song enema from tool? Yeah, I am. I, I just did. Well, it was about LA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You lost me on that one. <laughs> 
Oh, sorry. Yeah, no. The the lyrics are this freak. Sh- uh, what is it? I thought it was Marilyn Manson's uh, dope show or whatever. Uh, freak show in this effing hole. They they call L.A. Oh yeah, yeah. Hope they flush it all away. It's it, it, it's it's a song about a uh, about the San Andreas Fault washing L.A. into the ocean, basically. Ah, well, that's a throwback. I even forgot about those lyrics. <laughs> freak show in this hopeless effing hole they call L.A. Yeah. See you down in Are Arizona Bay. Around? What happened to Tool? They came back uh, for uh, they actually had a bunch of uh, legal troubles um, after uh, 10,000. What, what, what was that? 10,000 days. days. Yeah. 10,000 yeah, days. After, after 10,000 yeah. days, um, they were writing their next album and they uh, they had to deal with some lawsuit. Uh, and then they ended up actually getting sued by the lawyers that they had for that original lawsuit. So they were in like this horrible, like limbo where they couldn't write anything or do anything forever. And so they finally came out with a new album within the last couple of years. And um, it was okay. I, I don't know. I've never been like a tool fan. There there's, there's, there's a fan base of tool that are rabid, rabid fans and I'm going to get a DM if any of our listeners happen to be one of those people. But um, Maynard's like a very perfect circle more. Yeah, you're going to get some hate for that. Um, yes. <laughs> but no, Maynard's a very interesting dude. Like he's got a lot of he's like, like uh, doesn't he have like some vineyards and shit? Like, yes, yeah. yes, he yeah, does. He like is really into wine. He's got um, I just like, appreciate him as an artist. Um, he's an incredible artist and he's, I mean, yeah. he's such a visionary and he's such an interesting individual and he writes some of the craziest, like weird lyrics. And he's one of those artists. I love, I love dissecting people's lyrics that actually put time into them. And Maynard's one of those people that can write from different perspectives that the videos, may, like the stop animations are like, oh, yeah. like, Especially for the time that they came out, were like super groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he's he's definitely a, a true artist, and and I love the way that he's just able to bring different perspectives into his writing and 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 come at things from different angles and and really explore different topics in different ways. Um, and he does it in all of his projects, not just Tool. So a perfect circle yeah. is also a really good band. Although it's, I'd say a perfect circle was, is more where he kind of, it's more of a, a classic example of like a rock band, you know, tool. He just kind of does whatever he wants, you know, if, Oh, I want to make this song 10 minutes long. I'm going to make it 10 minutes long. Whereas it's more structured. I feel like in a perfect circle. Pucifer. I don't, I don't know if that's how you say it. He has a third band called Pucifer, but, uh, Oh, whatever. Anyways, whatever it's called, uh, that's more like arti- art, artsy, like EDM kind of music, almost a little bit. It's and like they a- have very interesting outfits. I'm uh, not as familiar with that one. I it's am. out there. <laughs> it's it's out like, there. It's kind of like Tool meets the Mars Volta. Oh, is it? Kind of a so little bit. EDM- so EDM, is it like kind of creeping more towards Nine Inch Nails or? Kind of, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't I, seem to I ever really take off like this other much. bands did. 
But yeah, I didn't. I couldn't get into it as much as the other ones. The only thing I don't like about Maynard is when he was on Rogan. Of all the thousand, all the thousands of guests that Rogan's had on, Maynard's the only one that he was like fanboyed out for, and it yeah. like it made it a weird interview because usually Rogan's like very like you know neutral on stuff, and he's just like, "I love you. Everything you do is awesome. <laughs> You're the best. I love you." I'm like, "Come on." Yeah. Uh, well, whatever. I don't know it if you can tell, but but Ryan's a pretty big Rogan fan. I don't I don't know if you knew that, Andrea. I am. Yeah. He ruined Austin. <laughs> Did he? Saint oh. Rogan. Austin. Yeah. How, okay. No, we got to hear this. I've never heard this before. How did he ruin Austin? Because he's Him getting anyone. everybody. He got everybody Him to move there. Now he's like telling everybody to fucking move here. And um, I mean, I post about this all the time. How like things are getting out of control. Like artists are getting pushed out. Like locals, people that have been living here forever that made Austin, Austin, are getting pushed out. They like a lot of friends that I know have already moved out. Like it's just um, the fact that Tesla moved here, Rogan, at, like all these other big companies too. It's now the new Silicon Valley, so it's turning into fucking the Bay Area. Really. Um, and so, like, homeless people are, are, you know, like, they're all over the place. Um, and it's just, like, from an economic standpoint, not only that, but the city's not designed to withstand this many people. So it's it's been not – that's why the power grid is failing. That's why, like, because it's just, like, too many people – moving here at once and then they're all working for these big tech companies and like now rent is absolutely insane so um it's kind of like property taxes are going up like an incredible amount too my friends that actually own houses are like i don't like where is this gonna come from like you know it's, it's just an issue and so like um I'm just, you know, I should just have that like t-shirt slogan that like, welcome to Austin. Please don't move here. Like <laughs> I heard Dallas was cool. You know? Yeah. I could see that. He can't win them all, but he, <sighs> he shared one of my reels and it changed everything for me. Was, Yo, Joe? Yeah. Oh, no kidding. Cool. Yep. Thanks, Mike Jones. Cause Mike my, Jones. Mike Sorry, Jones. <laughs> And it was the worst. What the fuck is she talking about? (laughs) Mike Jones Knife and Tool shares a name with the rapper, Mike Jones. Yeah. 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 I also like, I grew up in Houston, so I grew up with all that Swish It House stuff. You know? Yeah. Speaking of, yeah. What kind of music do you guys listen to? I am kind of weird. I like anything I can feel. So like, and it's weird, the older I get, the more rap I listen to, which is kind of odd. Cause when I was younger, I was like, fuck rap metal, you know, when you're young, when you're a young lad. Um, yeah. but now it's, I like a lot of bluegrass. I like, uh, like jelly roll. I listen to a lot of Canadian rappers, oddly enough. Same. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chris Webby is another rapper that I really like. Um, not much metal anymore. I mean, I'll, I'll put on like perfect circle or tool every now and again, if you want to zone out, that's great. Like flow state music. If you're doing like some very repetitive 
because I mean the songs are the same beats over and over for ten minutes. You know, so it's like. Have you, been, have you listened to Ohm? No. The dudes from High on Fire. If you want some like super drony, like stonery, like meditative stuff, a, a great, great band to check out. Um, Alex Cisneros, yeah. Um, I don't know if you listen to High on Fire, but they are also pretty awesome. I have not heard of them, but I'll check them out. Yeah, they're from the Bay Area. If you like metal, you'll like them. Yeah, I like anything I can feel. So if that makes mean, sense. Like, with raw energy for me, it goes from like Johnny Cash to Patsy Cline to fucking, you know, um, Night Love and like uh, Suicide Boys. I love Suicide Boys and like just weird. Um, trying to think of like cross the spectrum. Chelsea Wolfe. Um, I don't know. Just a I bunch love Johnny of, like, Cash. I have a huge Johnny Cash portrait tattooed on me. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, it takes know. up like my whole thigh. Damn, That's it's commitment. huge. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I'm I not like afraid to get another dude's face tattooed on me. <laughs> um. Yeah. I, I listen to everything other than reggae, pretty much. <laughs> but I'm a I'm a pretty big metalhead, so I listen to a lot of metalcore. Um, although this week I've been a lot into um, oh shoot, I can't remember. Uh, Dvorak, um, a Russian composer. Uh, his I think it's Symphony Number no. Nine is really really excellent. Um, I listen to a lot of classical, um, some Baroque. Um, I listen to a lot of that while I'm working, just because when you're listening to like symphony music, you don't have to focus as much. Like if you're right. doing, if you're doing work that's like intricate, you're not hearing lyrics. So yeah, that's yeah. always nice. I listen to um, Debussy all the time. Um, Claude Debussy nice. and like shit like that. Um, Vivaldi. Yeah, Vivaldi is one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, Baroque. Baroque. Um, what about dream theater? I can never it get into dream theater for me. I'm kind of a snob. Like my, the metal that I listen to. I'm no, when I'm listening to metal, it's metal core. And, um, my favorite band of all time is called Oh sleeper. And they're, uh, it's just, it's just a metal core. They're from Texas. They're from Fort worth. Um, <laughs> uh, but anyways, they're my absolute favorite band of all time. I have, uh, I one really of their, listen to a lot of metal core. Um, See, I, I have to have double bass. It's my it's my drug. Thrash and like uh, Power Trips from Dallas. Um, fucking solid thrash band, definitely. Especially for like a newer band. Um, so so good. It's sad. Um, the singer died. Um, I think a few years ago during COVID. But um, Power yeah, Trips. So Power Trip. Yeah. Power Trip. Check them right. out. I'll listen They're to that. So good. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff like that. This whole conversation is a great example of how the internet has changed music because before the internet, we would all be talking about bands that we all know the names of. We you know, we all have their cassette tapes or their LPs or whatever back in the day. But now we have access to all the small bands from everywhere. Yep. Yeah, it's awesome. I yeah. That's why I don't really listen to like a lot of top 40 stuff, but because um, it's all it's... crap. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's all just like 
churned up capitalism fed to you. Yeah. um, Did you know that, uh, did you, did you know that the majority of um, all the the top 40 pop music is written by the same eight middle-aged Norwegian men? Really? Yep. Good for them. They used to be Jewish. Yeah. Like all the Jewish people would write all the stuff for Tin Pan Alley and, and uh, you know, yeah, they like basically made all the songs that like um, the artists would come out with, but it was like basically written by, by the three or four dudes. Weird. You know? And that's like yeah. the only industry you can do that in and not like feel like a piece of shit. Like comedians wouldn't do that. Oh no, you should, you should still definitely feel like a piece of shit. <laughs> you know what I mean though like comedians wouldn't like allow yeah. a small group of people to right. yeah. yeah I know they do that for roasts but other than that that's all original material it's like a big no no if you take somebody else's joke mm-hmm. yeah just you know having integrity <laughs> yeah yeah it's amazing how I talk uh, a lot about that lacking that is yep yeah teach my students to have a little bit of integrity goes a long way. I, I, I try, especially with the, the knife making thing, you know, there's, there's only so many ways to make something that's sharp and pointy and somewhere between, you know, like six yeah. and eight inches. So, you know, right. eventually you're going to be stepping on somebody's toes, but I always try and give credit anytime there's somebody that I took inspiration from. And that's easy for me because most of my inspiration is just taken from Jason Knight. So. That's what it is. He's such a good dude. He is. I was so nervous about talking to him. And then like, he's like, what's your phone number? And I gave him my phone number and he called me. And we talked for like 40 minutes on the phone. I'm like, oh, he's just a bro. He's just one of us. (laughs) He's just a bro. Knife guy. Yeah. Just like this. Yeah. Cool. Possible. Yeah. Yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. His whole family is. His wife's also super sweet. Down to earth. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I can't I'd wait to get to him on here it. again and talk about aliens. We talked about it for like 10 minutes on the first time he was on. And yeah. we probably got 50 messages from people. Oh, we've never heard that side of Jason Knight. And I'm like, he's just talking about aliens. <laughs> so we're going to do a whole <laughs> episode talking about aliens, interdimensional aliens, physical aliens, probably space balloons now, whatever. I'm looking forward to that one. I've yeah. been doing lots of research about aliens. <laughs> you find you find anything groundbreaking right. actually uh yeah <laughs> believe it or not i actually have but we're not going to talk about it now but no uh i i would love to be able to uh to take a, an in-person class from jason that would be so incredible um you know travel i mean yeah. it's a big ways to travel down to tennessee just for a class but that would be super awesome i would love to take an in-person class yeah it'd be <sighs> A wealth of knowledge for sure. If you do get the opportunity, take it because I mean, yeah, I don't know. I I've only gotten to like hang out with Jason, but like um, the few times I've been out to Steve Schwarzer, which isn't easy to get to either. um, His shop out in Crescent City in Florida. um, Like, man, it's I don't know. Those are experiences like you're never going to forget. First of all, and secondly, like they have like a wealth of knowledge behind them, right? So it's just, um, 
trying to absorb as much as you can in a short amount of time. Um, it's, I don't know, always like fascinating to see how other people do it. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. sure. Um, and like stuff that you're like, I never thought about that. Like I remember we were talking about like feather Damascus and the way that Steve does it was not at all how I imagined it was actually done at all. I was like totally kind of like, Oh, huh. Like it'll kind of like break your brain a little bit in in a good way, right? So, well, and, that, and that's the the beautiful thing about you know taking that time to invest in in your own knowledge from people like that is you know you you don't know what you don't know, and and then you find out that you didn't know it, and you're like, how did I go this long, you know, not knowing that? And it's so much more valuable than you could even consider because you you don't know. That's why I'm taking that stone setting class because there's a lot of like amazing talented steves in my life but steve kreishbaum the goldsmith who i'm te- like i've set per- like faceted prongs stones before but the way that he did it he literally just like shifted the tool like 90 degrees and he avoided this problem that i like kept having and i was like i can't believe it was like that <laughs> like that easy to just <laughs> you know i was like fuck you know um but again like he's about to retire i like wanted to sneak it in before I have so much respect for him. Love this gem of a human and like just wanted to have that time with him before he retires. If he retires, I don't think he's going to anytime soon, but I mean, he's 67. So, I mean, um, but yeah, like not only that, but sometimes you like share information. Sometimes you like have the same effect on them. Yeah. Which because, is because we all do things a little differently exactly because for the most part we're all self we all started self-taught you know you you don't most people don't start out taking advanced classes so you start out with whatever you've got in your own shop and work your way up and through that trial and error we all develop our own little quirks and you know i do it this way or my belt progression is different than noah's belt progression just because of how we figured out how to get the results we wanted. Exactly. It's super cool. Yeah. yeah. Does it cut? Cool. <laughs> like, yeah. That's all that Just, matters, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, we've been yeah. going at it for an hour and 40 minutes or so. Andrea, <laughs> is there anything else you wanted to talk about while you're on the show? Mm, I mean, not really, unless you guys have any last minute questions. I think we've cool. covered, covered a lot we're, of stuff here. We're booking all the way into May now. Oh, right on. I would love to get Neil on if you could help me. It's very I'll hard to, to get like, through. I'll just like put in a good word and see what's up and like vouch for you. But I appreciate it. It's I'll leave it up to you guys. It's so hard to get through his DM wall. I you know. know well, I, he's got like thousands and thousands of people like te- like DMing him. So yeah. And it's usually, I think, his assistant, like going through all that. So, wow. not him a lot of the time. An assistant, man. Yeah, an assistant. She's cool. I like her. Nice. Um, yeah. Well, he, I just to- speaking to him real quick. Mm-hmm. He has, I believe, I saw him post it the other day. My dream truck. The He's Tacoma. Got, is that a Tacoma? The eight nineteen eighties Toyota pickup, the black one. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's a truck from the Back to the Future. That's exactly why he got it. Oh, what? 
So if he comes on, I'm going to have to talk to him about his truck. Cause that's my dream truck. Ever since I was a young boy, I've always yeah, wanted that truck. Lowriders. Oh, really? Right? No, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Talented dude. Yeah. That's why I picked this up so fast. Right. So Noah and I are both mechanics. Y'all have plenty to talk about then. Yeah. But yeah, um, I'll put in a good word. I appreciate you. And thanks for, for sure. coming on again. It was fun. Yeah, of course. Yeah. How do you like these new little segments? Are they silly? Is it like going back to sixth grade? I like them. I like them because like, like you said about Jason Knight, uh, you can kind of, um, I'm sure there's a lot, some podcasts out there that like how I got started and all that stuff, but you see a different like side of their personality or people, you know? So I kind of like that because um, these prompts or whatever will um, kind of uh, share new light on something that maybe is not shown on Instagram or the internet or whatever. So yeah. When you get to a certain level in anything, I think people get like obsessed with the seriousness and be, I have to represent my own brand and I have to be serious all the time. And I think that our little games that we play loosen people up where like, we don't care. We're I, I chain smoke on every episode and it's like, we don't care, but let's just have a conversation be loose and natural, you know, exactly. and joking yeah, yeah, yeah. about Florida is very easy to do. So we do it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. But, All right, cool. guys. Well, Hey, yeah, I just sure. wanted to do a, a quick shout out. Um, I forgot to do this last week. Um, Chris at Rustland revision. I don't know if any of you guys oh, follow that him. Dude is awesome. Yeah. So I, I recently, I got my, my new favorite keychain that I've ever had in my life. I got from him, um, just this last week. So I wanted to give him a shout out on the podcast. If any of you guys aren't following Rustland revision on Instagram, he does a lot of really cool hand forged stuff. And, uh, I highly recommend you check out his stuff. So just he's also just an awesome human. Like he did me a solid, uh, in maker camp, like drove all my glass stuff down to Texas and like, wow. so I wow. didn't have to take the plane. Yeah. So this is what I mean about like, you know, like complete strangers. Maybe you're not strangers on the internet, but like are willing to do stuff like that for each other, which is like so awesome to see. Cause you just, assume everyone is an asshole but like when you see people be kind to each other like strangers that don't know each other anything is that's pretty fucking rad but anyway yeah shout out to chris thanks for doing that (laughs) right on guys well hey i hope everybody out there has an awesome week we will catch you next time thanks again for coming on andrea really appreciate it bye